This episode of The Curly Critics is brought to you by our Patreon. You can support us on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash curlycriticspod. We have tiers from $3 up to $15, where you can talk to us on Discord, join our pen pal postcard group, or get our weekly bonus episode, Very Curly Talking. From WBNE. Hi, I'm Carrie. Hi, I'm Becca. And today we're talking about a very Potter musical. I'm so excited. Hi. So, A Very Potter Musical was first performed in 2009 at the University of Michigan by Starkid, and it's their first yeah. production. Yeah. The music and the lyrics are by Darren Chris and AJ Holmes, and the book is by Matt Lang, Nick Lang, and Brian Holden. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited. Your history with A Very Potter Musical, Starkid. Yeah, so just all of it. For those of you that like don't know who I am, I also do a musical. Oh yeah, th- I do. Well, I shouldn't <laughs> say good. also. That's okay. That's okay. I do a musical theater podcast on the same network that Curly Critics is on, called Sincerely Us. Um, and I really think that my like resurgence of love for musical theater is because of Star Kid. Like, I don't think I would have gone to school for theater or like started a podcast about theater without Star Kid. Um, so my experience with Star Kid happened in 2010 just before the sequel came out um and at at that point like I wasn't really into theater or Harry Potter at the time so I don't know how it came up in my like YouTube recommendations I don't know what happened um but I found it when I was at a friend's house who like I'm no longer friends with because she uh didn't like theater and was like not very nice about people who did like theater um and so I went home that night and watched the entire three-hour musical. And the next day is when the sequel came out. So then I watched the entire sequel. And then I watched their entire web series, <laughs> Little White Lies. Um, and it was like, that's a lot of content. <laughs> that was like t- 10, 11 hours of content that I just watched straight in a row. Um, and then I fell in love with Darren Chris, which like, I feel like the pipeline to just being in love with him and like him on glee like for me started with star kid um but yeah i from there like star kid means so much to me and i'm so excited that carrie was like you should come on and talk about a very part of musical and i said okay i (laughs) i like all of my friends in high school i was a group of like seven best friends in high school um and we found each other because of star kid because we had a harry potter day at school and i dressed up as a very potter sequel harry who is my favorite harry um and my friend brie who's also been on my podcast they dressed up as umbridge from the sequel and across the like cafeteria we looked at each other like um um (laughs) what uh and this was before like being a theater kid was cool um this is like (laughs) the year after glee it still wasn't cool so yeah like star kid star kid like reignited my love for harry potter reignited my love for musical theater um i i could talk about star kid constantly and actually we do talk about it on my show too so <laughs> um i'm so excited i can't believe that this is your first time watching it as you're like a huge harry potter and musical theater fan yeah this is i watched it for the first time yesterday I've, like, known about it and known it existed, and yeah. I thought I had seen parts of it, but I, when I was watching it, I was like, none of this is, like, familiar. So I think, <laughs> I guess I just saw pictures of it. Yeah, maybe. But I was, 
ten in two thousand nine. So like I was too young. <laughs> Forget how much to, younger like, you are than me. <laughs> to like actually watch it when it came out. Yeah. But my first exposure to Darren Chris was Glee. Yeah. And I love him. And I just never like got around to it because I like was only in theater like at school for like a year. Mm-hmm. So I never like was fully a theater kid and then it was like banned all through high school and then I graduated and then it just never came back to like the full like theater kid experience. So and then you were like, I'm going to do a pop culture yes. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> just as I got older, I was like, oh, I love musical theater more and more. And then Jade loves musical theater. So we just went for it and just do this podcast where we talk about whatever we want. And Stark is one of those things. Has Jade seen it before? I don't think so. You don't think so? Hmm. Well, well, I'll have to come back th- when Jade watches it. Yeah, because Jade again. Hasn't, still hasn't finished reading all the Harry Potter books. And so oh, yeah, she's, like, right. the farthest from the Harry Potter yeah. world. That's crazy that she's, like, she's, like, in her 20s and has never, like, finished Harry Potter. Like, that that's so buck wild to me. Because, um, like, I know y'all are technically Gen Z, but, like, it's still crazy to me that, like... I could I couldn't even imagine. And I mean, I didn't read them until like eighth grade. Carrie, <laughs> <laughs> you know how you and I always joke privately. We're like, we're going to um, gatekeep this thing. Sometimes <laughs> I want to be like, I'm gonna gatekeep Harry Potter, <laughs> but also I want everyone to love Harry Potter. So Harry Potter's too big for you to gatekeep at this. Point. I know. I know. And also, like, I don't even care about the canon anymore. I like stuff like this or like Marauders era. Like, I don't care. Like canon. I'm like, all right, cool, Joanne. Glad you're doing that. But um, how about this? <laughs> that was my favorite thing watching this. I was like, it playfully makes fun of mm-hmm. the Harry Potter books and all of the ways that I love and that I do on a regular basis. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I agree. Dumbledore is an idiot. <laughs> So what's really interesting to me, uh, so if you were 10 when it came out in 2009, so you were born in 1999? Yeah. Yeah. So I was 15 when this came out. So we're, we have a five, yes, because I was born in 94. So we have a five-year age gap. What's interesting to me is I only know this is like peak millennial humor. Like this musical is like hardcore, like they're elderly uh millennials so like i i'm curious to see like what your favorite parts were when like i don't know i feel i feel like they're so much older than you that i want to know like what you thought of like some of the jokes like what was your favorite joke as someone Um, who like grew up quoting it constantly yeah there was like a lot of jokes that i was like i don't like that yeah some of it's a little problematic yeah there's just like the laughter at other people's expense i have a really hard time with Uh uh-huh um, I don't know what my, I love Quirrell and Voldemort, like their whole dynamic through the whole thing. I was like, I love this. Yeah. My favorite joke was the one, um, Ron is like, I don't even have a snack. And then the piano guy like gives him Twizzlers. That's AJ Holmes. That's oh, okay. A- yeah. I was like, I love that. That was so funny. See, I see. Okay. So this is, this is a part where. It's going to be weird because I'm probably just going to throw facts at you because I was like, <laughs> I was it. hardcore star kid uh, when they were at their like peak. So 2010. So this is pre Darren Chris being on Glee, um, mm-hmm. where I had watched the first season of um, and 
then it was on Tumblr because I was hardcore star kid. Like I had a star kid uh, only Tumblr. Um, and everyone was like, there was a rumor that Darren was going to be on Glee. Like, okay, that's <laughs> hilarious. Like, come on, there's no way. And then he posted a picture on Twitter of him in his Harry Potter, with his Harry Potter hair, and then him with his, like, short Blaine hair. Um, so he cut off all of his curls, which were, like, at the time, that was, like, his thing. So all of us were, like, uh. And it was very, it very much reminded me of the story that um, the Phelps twins from Harry Potter tell when none of their classmates uh, believed them when they said they were going to play the Weasley twins until they came into school with, like, red hair. Right. Um, <laughs> like, no one believed them. And then they were, like, uh, maybe we do believe you. Like, that's how I felt about Darren Chris. All of a sudden, he like, I can picture the picture perfectly of him like in the car and taking a selfie um so all of us were like oh uh maybe he is going to and so then it came out that he actually was like they they announced it um and i was like well maybe i'll continue watching glee and then glee became my entire existence um (laughs) (laughs) no exaggeration uh but like like star kid it's so interesting to me to hear about like people finding it later in life because it was such a big part of my life like um the guy that the aj the guy i was just telling Mm -hmm. you about the piano uh player he like you said at the beginning of the show like wrote the music uh wrote the lyrics as well um with darren chris and i remember him making his broadway debut uh in book of mormon he played cunningham price he was he was the main like a main guy um and i remember like tumblr melting down because there was a couple times where it was like rumored that he was going to make his debut because i believe he was an understudy i don't think he was a swing um and then when he made his debut like all of us like sobbing on tumblr and like waiting for people to post pictures um see this is why you can't just let me go carrie because i don't remember what we were talking about we're talking Um, about the jokes oh yeah, yeah, yeah okay so my favorite joke is the is the high school musical uh master zephron joke where that's that one's good too yeah because (laughs) i love high school musical a lot this whole like thing it just felt very 2009 (laughs) which like 100 but like watching it in 2021 i was like this is like an artifact from the early yes like the 2010s yeah like it it feels my favorite thing about it is that it feels like all of these friends just got together and started riffing like it doesn't feel like yes. it was written it was written at all i was like that's one of i love watching shows where people are just up there and having a good time yeah and like this all of this could have been made up on the spot and i would have been like yeah i believe yeah, it and i still love right. it absolutely and, <laughs> and i love that especially like all like I guess all of the, like, musical theater I've been listening to lately is, like, really deep and heavy. And yeah. then, like, listening to this and being like, ah, yes. <laughs> what what have you been listening to? What's deep and heavy? I don't know. I haven't been listening to it lately. But, I mean, the last thing I listened to all the way through was Hades Town. Oh, God. It's so d- deep and heavy. <laughs> it's literally a tragedy. Yeah. So, the cool... And, uh, falsettos. That was what I listened to. Oh, God. You really are just listening to, like, sad trademark the musical. Um, so the cool thing about Star Kid, you mentioning like, like how it's, it, it, it's like happy and, and just like upbeat. What's 
so interesting that a lot of people don't realize is they actually, when they released this, were being sued by Warner Brothers and J.K. Rowling. Um, so they originally released it as a joke, just like on YouTube, because some of their friends couldn't see it. And so they released it as Harry Potter, the musical, which is what it was originally called, um, was Harry Potter, the musical. And then it became popular and like it was posted on MuggleNet and like it became a big deal. And they were like, oh, no, (laughs) Um, because they 100 percent illegally made this like Warner Brothers did not know. Uh, and so Warner Brothers like hit them with a cease and desist. And we're like, you need to take this down. Like, we're going to sue you. All of this. Okay. So the whole thing gets taken down. They release a song called uh, We Don't Want to Be Sued, which (laughs) is so funny. And it's just Darren and like the other writers just singing like, we don't want to. We don't want to be sued. We're not trying. Not trying to be rude. Um, And just like them being like, Warner Brothers, please. Like, please don't sue us. Um, I would really appreciate it if you didn't. Uh, and so they just had to take out, there was a couple jokes that they had to take out, um, that were like specifically like Harry Potter, like trademark words or something. Um, Mm -hmm. but then they had to change the show to a very Potter musical instead of Harry Potter, the musical. Um, so that's why it's called that, which it's just so funny. It's so funny to me because I'm like an avid fan fiction reader and like, yeah. Like, way back in the day, less so now, but, like, everybody would put the, like, yes. disclaimers before and be like, this is, like, owned by this person. Like, I'm not trying to take any rights. And every time I would read those, it'd be like, they're not going to really, like, do anything about it. But, like, this, they did. Oh, because they used to. So, like, but, like back- Yeah, but, like, this, like, blew up. Like, nobody's going to, like, look at some random fan fiction that has, like, a hundred reads right. and be like, I'm going to sue them for this. Correct. <laughs> but also when you think about like how um, like Fifty Shades of Grey and like the after series started as fan fiction, like started as Twilight fan fiction and Harry Styles fan fiction, which I just found out <laughs> is the after series, which is hilarious. Um, I wanted like, oh, and also the Mortal Instruments series, which is one of my all time favorites. Don't come for me. I know it's problematic. <laughs> Um, I get it. It is problematic, and I and I feel that it was um, Ginny and Ron fanfiction. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Um. So like, the fact that we we now are in a day where it's just like fanfiction is just known and and done, whereas like you could see a very Potter musical and and it's basically fanfiction. It's satire. It's it's a love letter to Harry Potter. Um, to the point where they're like famous in the Harry Potter fandom. That I, I, it's just so funny to me that Warner Brothers was like, actually, not you in 2009, where I feel like today, like, people weren't using the internet as much. Like, YouTube was only three years old at this point. Mm-hmm. People weren't using the internet to, like, promote their stuff as much. Uh, and so I feel like today they would have been like, yes, please talk about Harry Potter. Like, get it, get it in the lexicon. Like, continue to talk about it. Because um, all the books have been out at this point. Yeah, that's one of the things that, like, bothered me as, like, a kid or as a teenager about J.K. Rowling just had, like, a tighter reign over her books. Oh, yeah, and, like, she didn't release the, the audio the audiobooks and the ebooks. Right, and she, digital. like, whenever people would be like, oh, this is my fan theory, she would be like, no, no, like, this is what it actually is. Yeah. Like, and, like, it always bothered me because I, we were big, like, Percy Jackson fans, and yeah. Rick Riordan never did that. People were like, this is my fan theory, and he's like, okay. I like yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Like, it could be true. And exactly. So it's just interesting. One, to see how that's evolved to the point that the Harry Potter fandom is just like their own beast at this oh, point. Oh, 
Like, they do not care about anything that's canon anymore. And oh, just like, 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 like I said at the beginning, I could not care less about what's canon. Like, I, as like a, a queer person, uh, I, I just don't care what J.K. Rowling says in her ever, anything ever. Uh, I just don't care what she says. But to me, like, it's talking to people like you about like Remus and Sirius. And it's like <laughs> all of the head cannons about like Lily being plus sized. And like, that's what I care about. Like Harry Potter to me does not begin and end with the books like it it begins with the community that I found at like eight and like grew up reading with and like going to midnight premieres and like doing all of these things like Harry Potter to me has nothing to do with JK Rowling anymore um and I just think that that is so like that idea is so beautiful when you look at like conventions like Leaky Con and like even even like if you look at Hank Green, who used to literally write Harry Potter, like, rock songs. Like, right. it is such a big part of who I am that shows, like, a Harry Potter musical. I'm like, this is this is the Harry Potter that I love. Like, it's people who are such big fans of the source material being like, yeah, but also it's kind of stupid. Yeah, that's one of the things that yeah. I keep having to tell Jade, like, when we, like, started reading this, because she doesn't love the books, because they're not, right. like, the best books in the world, but I'm like, I don't like this series because of the writing, because right. of, like, it is, but because of the world that it introduces, and just Correct. the community around it that's evolved into this huge place, and she's like, okay, once I like, finish reading all of this, I can, like, understand that, and I can start to see that aspect of Harry Potter, yeah. instead of just the, like, this book is 10,000 pages long, and it's really hard to read, and be like, and just, like, like I get a little it. bit farther. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I don't I don't read them with my eyes anymore um, because, like, I – J.K. Rowling isn't the best author in the entire world. Like, I much prefer – I'm a big audiobooks person anyway, so I much prefer listening to Jim Dale read them to me because, like, it feels, like, so much more rich than, like, her words being on the page. Yeah. Um, and – I just really, like, I'm going to be honest, I haven't listened to a Harry Potter book in probably two and a half years uh, because I know them frontwards and backwards. Like, I don't need to read them. I pretty much know anything that's ever happened in them. Uh, except for sometimes I'll be watching a TikTok and it'll be like, remember when this happened? And I was like, no, I don't. When did that <laughs> happen? But I feel the same way. So, like, you talking about uh, Jade's relationship with Harry Potter, I feel the same way when people are like, like apologize to me because they can't get into the Percy Jackson books. And I was like, they're made for middle schoolers. Right. <laughs> like, like they are children's books that I enjoy because I read them as a child. Like I would not like them now. I don't think like, I don't think that I would enjoy them and have such a deep connection with them. If it wasn't for me reading them as a child and like looking up to Annabeth and Percy and looking up to Harry and Hermione and Ginny, she's the best one. Um, <laughs> like, I, I don't think I would like them as much. So I totally get where Jade's coming from. Like, right. And we like read it and I was like, that we're probably like your experience of these books is probably being hurt by the fact that you read this book, the first book that was written for like 11 year olds as a 21 yeah. year old. Like, Correct. it's not for you. Yeah. And like, that's okay. Like. You and don't it's have okay. to love it. Exactly. And that's what a lot of people don't realize. We're like, I'm very open about my love. Like, we're going to go back to Percy Jackson again. Like, I'm very open about my love for Percy Jackson. Um, it's even turned a corner where I think I may love it more than Harry Potter. Don't tell my mother. She'd be very sad. Um, but I, 
like people will come up to me and they'll apologize be like listen I tried to listen to the musical and like I didn't really like it and I tried reading the book and I really didn't like it I'm so sorry I'm like why like why are you sorry there are tons of things that you probably like that I don't like like you know and also the musical is so good because I love Percy Jackson like it's not like I love Rob Kiki like he was on our show and I am a huge proponent for that musical but like it's it's a musical about Percy Jackson like (laughs) you can only go so far and I love it but like I love it because it's about Percy Jackson not because it's exclusively a good musical it's not like Hadestown it's not a masterpiece but I love it that's like a Harry Potter musical like I love it because I love Harry Potter correct and I can watch it and be like pick up on all the little things the little stuff about how Dumbledore's like Snape could try and kill me tomorrow but that's okay and it's like well he is like yeah exactly And there's like a thing at the line where Molly Weasley shows up and she's like, oh, I showed up with all of these people. And they're like, oh, where are they? And they're like, oh, they're dead. And it's just like, (laughs) it's so funny (laughs) because like they died in the books. And I was like, these are all the little things like just people like read these books and were like, I love this. And I'm going to put it out for other people to enjoy because they also love it. Yeah. And it feels like it feels like sitting around like with your friends making fun of something that you both love. Right. Like, like I always go, you and I have like, uh, relationship where we talk about fandom constantly right and like you and I can make fun of Sirius and Remus and like <laughs> and like Wyland and Jesper from Six of Crows to all end and just like crap on them and just be like <laughs> here's all your faults because we both know that we love it like we both know we love these characters and we love these books and it's like a safe space right and that's how I feel about Starkid um, like it's a safe space like everyone like you're not gonna watch a very Potter musical if you don't love Harry Potter so making fun of it is like I'm in on the joke like I get it it's stupid Harry Potter's stupid it's about a boy wizard who like is in a boarding school like and and the only time the bad guys come are at the end of the school year so he can at least get through his schooling right like I get it it's if you don't like Harry Potter it's okay (laughs) right and rereading the books like recently I've like read stuff and I've like finished them and be like I'm confused literally like I'm confused about the plot of this book but like okay and just keep going <laughs> exactly like some of the stuff just doesn't make s- what book are you guys on six six oh god that's, that <laughs> book is so confusing and i read that as like a 12 when did they come out 2006 yeah a 12 year old and or maybe 2005 whatever i was in middle school and the whole time i was like i don't know what's happening but i'm having a good time um, <laughs> We're just going to cram all of the Horcruxes in the last two books, Joanne, I guess. And he's going to find them all and it'll be fine. It's <laughs> just like, read. I just finished it. And like, we're going to do that next week. Talk about yeah. that. But I just like finished it. And I was like, why wasn't we talking about this stuff like four books ago? But like, because whatever. Because she hadn't planned it. Right. <laughs> the, the book, the Harry Potter books probably would have been fine if five, six, and seven were like the only books in the series. 100%. I mean, those are my favorites. So what's your favorite in the series? And the can I take a so, guess as to what it is? <laughs> yes. Is it Prisoner of Azkaban? See, the thing is that growing up, it was six. Uh-huh. Because Why? of the, like, romance stuff about it. It was very teen romancy. Oh, yeah. Dude, do but you know like, how many times I've read the Harry Ginny scenes? Like, when she's leaning against his legs talking about the tattoo that Ramilda yes. made? <laughs> yes. Like, that is my favorite scene in the whole entire series, and I will not, like, take I any qualms about it. I told Jade, like, last week. I was like, just so you know, this is the best scene. Like, there's a line. Like, Ginny has the best scene in the entire book, and it's that scene. Yeah. Oh, and also <laughs> their first kiss. 
Like, yeah, I am. So I'm great. such a big like Harry Ginny fan and I will take no flack about it. <laughs> no, Harry and Ginny is like the only Harry Potter ship that I'm like, that one exists and you can't like, there's nothing that you, there's no other one that works. Yeah. Like, and so people try to be like, they, she only put her, she only put him with Ginny because she was the only other girl besides Luna. And I was like, okay, first of all, let's talk about Ginny heckin' Weasley. Like, let's talk about the fact that she grew up with six boys and she was the youngest. She curses people in the hallways. She can, she's better than Harry at Quidditch. She, like, goes on to be, like, literally a professional Quidditch player and at this point is so sassy and, like, doesn't stand for her brother, like, basically telling her that she can't have, like, boyfriends and stuff and, is like being a jerk to her just constantly because her and Ron's relationship is my favorite. Um, and she still is like, I used to have a crush on Harry Potter. I still do, but we're going to pretend I don't basically. Cause right. like same, same. Um, and then Harry, like when he smells the, the, the love potion and he's like, it was a smell that I've only ever smelled at the Weasley uh, house. And I was like, okay, Harry, come on. What do you think you're in love with Ron? Come on. I mean, maybe, uh, and I like she no other girl would be as understanding of Harry at the end of the sixth book where he's like, listen, I got to go save the world. And she's like, OK, I'll I'll keep the fort down here. Like like no other 15 year old would be like, I get it. And there's even that scene in book five where um, Jenny's like, I'm sorry, do you feel bad about the fact that you're being possessed by Voldemort? Yes. I'm literally the only other person who understands what you're feeling right now. And so they and both like, Harry have this like, yeah. deep personal connection with each other of like, we've had shared experiences that like nobody else has had with Harry. And they're just the perfect couple. Literally. All of the, other, all of the other Harry Potter ships, you can do whatever you want with them. But like Harry and Jenny are my like foundation. Yes. <laughs> and like, it, to me, people are always like, well, it came out of left field. And I was like, they're they were teenagers. Like, what do you mean? Like, that was his best friend's little sister. Like, that was obs- the first time he meets her. She's like starstruck, which like same Ginny. It's fine. <laughs> like, <laughs> I have the biggest crush on Harry Potter still to this day. Um, and like, she she is my favorite character in the whole Harry Potter like universe besides Harry he doesn't count he's the main character he doesn't count (laughs) like he's my favorite but like Ginny um like I have two Harry Potter pops and I've had multiple over the years of collecting pops and I now am down to two and the only two I kept are Harry in its Quidditch robes and Ginny in her Quidditch robes um because like she's just so cool and like she's living the dream where she was dating her Quidditch captain that's my dream Dating her childhood best friend, like childhood crush. Yeah. Like, like she is the modern day um, Kate Middleton. Like Kate Middleton married her, her childhood crush. And Ginny's like, you know what? Me too. Me too, bestie. Like, uh, mine's not a prince. He just defeated the Dark Lord. So, <laughs> like. Yeah, that was one of the things that I didn't love about a very Potter musical is just the Jenny's character is so yeah. like, whining and annoying. And I'm like, that's not who she is. Like, yeah. But even then, like, the Harry and Jenny stuff in that was still cute. And I was like... It was so funny. When he was singing the song, he's like, well, actually, this is about Cho Chang. And I was like, oh, my God. This is canon as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) Where he's like, actually, I'm in love with this girl that um, was dating the guy that got murdered in front of me. Um, (laughs) Now I'm in love with her. 
I also really liked Cho Chang. Because, like, Harry has a type. It's chasers. It's his type. True. Wait, is she chaser or is she seeker? Cho. She's a seeker. Uh, But Jenny plays both. Jenny does both chaser and seeker. Of course she does. (laughs) Of course she does. I love her. Because she can just do everything. The- I mean, she's a Hollyhead Carpy. I wait. I have to tell you this head cannon that is to me canon. Um, so my favorite story is not, or my favorite like after the books is not that Harry becomes a wizard cop because he literally hates rules. Why would he become a wizard cop? But instead, he becomes a Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher. Right? Of that is my the only Harry natural explanation. It's the only one that makes sense. So him and Neville can be besties at Hogwarts. Um. <laughs> Obviously, Minerva McGonagall is going to hire the greatest dark arts, uh, defense against the dark arts student she's ever had. Come on. Um, But my favorite one is like someone wrote this like little paragraph that was like a student coming up to Harry and being like, excuse me, sir, are you? And Harry like interrupts him with a sigh. And he's like thinking that he's going to be like, are you the boy who live? And the student goes, are you Ginny Weasley's husband? And he's just so happy. He's like, yes, I am. I am Ginny Weasley's husband. Let's talk about it. How cool is she? Um, I also really hate the name of his kids, but that's a whole other story. I can't wait until Jade reads the epilogue because she already hates epilogues. And like, I hate this one. So it's going to be a great conversation. The only thing I like about the epilogue is the last like sentence where it's like his yeah. scar hurt him in 19 years. All was well. And I was like, that's the perfect ending. Why did you put this, like, BS for the past three pages? Yeah, I hate it. But the- Also, I've never read The Cursed Child, so I don't I even have, know. Is it, it worth it? it was a long it? time ago. I've heard that it's better to see it instead of reading it. Yeah. But, like, I'm poor. <laughs> I know, and you have to buy two tickets. Yeah. But, like, that's what I've heard, that it, like, but it's better when you, like, watch it and you can see it mm. unfold. As because because as, it's written to be that instead of just reading it, I've also it's heard weird. that it's it like feel- fan fiction. Yeah, it feels like a fan fiction. And I've read a lot of fan fiction to be like this is fan fiction. Correct. Well, so I the only um, I've read one Harry Potter fan fiction, which I still haven't even finished, and I know you're still mad about me. It's fine. Um, <clears throat> there's I feel like there's another fan fiction that I read. I was never I was a big fan fiction reader. Uh, the first fan fiction I read was Harry Potter. Uh, on fanfiction.net unfortunately I was traumatized from it because it was I was 11 12 um (laughs) and it was inappropriate Hermione Ginny in a tent fanfiction um which I'm not okay with but anyway uh so at that point I was like okay well I'm done with fanfiction for right now until like I found like Hurt Comfort Ginny Harry Ron Hermione fanfiction um anyway but most of the fan fiction i read was glee uh kurt and blaine specifically so when i find something that i like (laughs) naturally they're the best couple uh when i find something that i like like i don't i don't nothing else like i still need i still need more wolf star fix um but i have to finish the one first yeah yeah but it doesn't count towards my challenge carrie and i'm ahead by a lot but you should finish it (laughs) (laughs) carrie's like and uh what what are your excuses started with percy jackson fan fiction amazing because so we read we're just talking about percy jackson now we read the lightning thief in school in seventh grade (gasps) 
as like the what Greek an experience myth- Greek mythology unit and like all my friends had like read it before that time but that was the first time that I had ever read it yeah and it just like was the best thing that ever happened to me and we Obviously. all had, like all of my friends like had this shared experience of like we all read it at the same time and so we all could like be obsessed with it at the same time and then like at that point like we were reading it like at the time that the Heroes of Olympics books were starting to come out <gasps> so I read those as they like came out yeah and just like we like we like made like our own like demigod characters and would like role play with as them and you guys we, are the like, coolest kids I've ever heard. We like would write fan fiction and then I would read it and it was just like that was such a big part. But then like as I got older, like it like just faded away and I read Harry mm-hmm. Potter and then like Harry Potter fan fiction like took over. And so like I haven't thought about like Percy Jackson in the way that I did as a middle schooler in so long. But so I grew I've been a bookworm like my entire life. I was always the kid that knew that like everyone was like, that's the weird girl that reads uh, while she's walking down the hallway. Um, And so like I I read I read Percy Jackson. Like I was a very early Percy Jackson reader uh, because I was 10 in 2000 or 11 in 2005, which is like Mm -hmm. the perfect age to pick up Percy Jackson when it came out. Um, so I don't remember being obsessed with the first, uh, series, but I remember reading them as they came out cause I'd have to get them from my, from my like school library and none of my friends were big readers. Uh, so I didn't have anyone to talk about Percy Jackson with. Um, I just like liked them, but it, it wasn't an obsession until Heroes of Olympus came out. Let's see, Mark of Athena came out in 2013. So Heroes of Olympus came out in 2011, uh, with like the lost hero. Mm-hmm. And my mom at the time had a Nook, the Barnes & Noble Nook. And it was free on Nook uh, as like a promotion for Son of Neptune coming out. And my mom was like, didn't you read these books? And she like showed it to me and she was like, oh, it's free. Like, do you do you want to read it? Like, I already downloaded it because I thought it was something else. It's called The Lost Hero, Mom. Come on. <laughs> Obviously, I, I'm interested. Um, and so she handed it to me at this time in, in 2016. I am 17. I mean, 2011. I am 17. Uh, and she hands it to me. And I literally sat there on her bed for like four hours and just read it. And I was like, who is this Jason Grace guy? Where is Percy Jackson? <laughs> like, I didn't really know that it was a Percy Jackson book. I was like, who's Jason Grace? Who's this guy? Um, and then so I, for the longest time, only owned a paperback copy of the lost hero and then hardcover copies of the rest but like that that promotion from nook like reignited my my percy jackson love um so then i read some neptune the second it came out my senior year of high school and then freshman year of college mark of athena which is my favorite percy jackson book of all time um mark of athena came out in october of my freshman year and my roommate was three years older than me and i had all of the uh, two years older than me. I had all of the books with me because obviously uh, they came to college with me so I could reread them. And <laughs> I just told her like how excited I was that I was going to be reading them and that, that the new one was coming out and that I was going to reread it. And she said, oh, what are these books? Should I read them? And I was like, yeah, you should. Um, so she literally read uh Percy Jackson and the Olympians, all five books at the beginning of college, like the first week of college, which is crazy in one week. Uh, like m- one of my favorite books of her is like in our dorm room with her reading the the lightning thief. And it just like I just love that picture. She's still my best friend to this day. Um, and then she read uh, the other two like 
the week before uh, Mark of Athena came out, which comes out beginning of October. So again, a whole month she read seven of these books <laughs> and she just like loved them. And so we were talking about it and it was like such a big part of that beginning of college for me because it was like a really big bonding experience for us because we knew each other before then, but we weren't like friends by any means. We were like acquaintances. And then my favorite part, this is a tangent. I mean, all of the things I talk about are tangents, <laughs> but <laughs> I only go on tangents. Um, another one of our friends, Cliff, was like, I'm going to read these books. And I was like, OK. And so he read them after Mark of Athena came out. And I won't spoil it for the end of Mark of Athena, but it ends on a real cliffhanger. Oh. And <laughs> I was explaining this story, by the way, to Eni this morning because she's never going to read Percy Jackson. She's one of the ones that was like, I just don't like it. And I'm like, it's fine. You're 30. That's like, it's all fine. good. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. You don't have to like it. Just l- let me talk about it. Um, and use our, our our theater platform to get the writer of the, music- <laughs> the musical on our podcast. Um, and like he read them and I didn't know <laughs> – like, I didn't know where he was in the story because I gave him all eight of them right at the beginning. And I was like, here, read them as you want. Like, I just read them. I'm fine. Um, and I didn't know that he was didn't get to the end of Mark of Athena yet. And I totally spoiled the end of Mark of Athena for him. And he and I it's just like the whole Tartarus plot line. And I was talking to my best friend Gina about it. And he's like, I'm sorry, what? And I was like, I just I gotta go yeah I was like I just spoiled the best like ending of a book I've ever like I want to I want the feeling that I felt finishing Mark of Athena like the day it came out I read it the day it came out and then had to wait a whole year I just love Percy I'm I'm rereading the books right now um I just finished Titan's Curse yeah, we want to reread them so bad, but we also like want to record episodes on them. So we're just like waiting until we do that. And it's been like a year and we're just like at the point now we're like, OK, when are we going to do this? And when are you going to invite Becca on? Um, I get like. But like my. Go ahead. My mom was like a, my mom is a big reader. Mm-hmm. And so whenever we as like kids were like, oh, we want to read these books. She would be like, OK, let me buy this for you. Yeah. And so like. So we had, like, all of the Magic Treehouse books, like, all, like, 70,000 of them, like, on one show. Yeah. Because, like, we loved them, and so every time the new one would come out, she would just buy them. And then, like, the Percy Jackson books, like, she would just buy them. Like, like uh, one would come out, and she would, like, automatically, like, pre-order the next one. She's like, they're going to read it. Yeah. And so, like, I have them all on my shelf, and it's just, like... Just, like, a love of reading, of being, like, this is a series that meant so much to yeah. me as a kid. Yeah, and that's what a, a lot of people... I, I feel like I've now found the people who are like you and I um, that that value reading so much where I didn't have that, um, not even just growing up, but like even in my, I'm, I'm 27 now, so I'm technically late 20s, I guess. But like even in like my <laughs> early 20s, it, it, it was very hard to find people that love reading this much. And when I tell people like I reread this children's series of 10 books every single year or even going back to like my caveat at the beginning, like I reread the Mortal Instruments series every single year. There are now 15. I get it. It's a lot. But like, they're not good. But I just like, I, I love living in that world. Like, I don't care about plot. I already know what's going to happen. I already know all the twists. Like I could literally quote them to you. But I still laugh along at like the damn snack bar or like (laughs) <laughs> Any of the jokes that I'm like, these are these are written for 12 year olds. And I laugh every single time. Let me tell you, that joke 
peak when all of your friends are reading it as 12 year olds <laughs> amazing um but that's like harry potter is just like that safe place yes like, i know what's gonna happen and it's sad sometimes like the marauders fandom mm. is sad but like there and they're like my comfort characters so i'm just gonna go back to them all the time and i'm going to live on like marauders tiktok where everybody's just like talking about them and like cosplaying as them because like this is i love this and it makes me feel good and also like in this place uh, when i it's hard to explain to people who don't who aren't in the marauders fandom that like it's not canon marauders like like i get it (laughs) they were bullies like i get it they weren't like the best teenagers but i will die for james potter but not like canon james potter i will die for fanon james potter who like is just like this little golden retriever that is just so sweet to lily i mean he's not but like he is right and like the mom friend who like is the ultimate ally like yeah like that 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 head canon where like someone says because obviously freeman isn't canonically gay he should be but he's not um but Everyone has just accepted that he is in, in Marauder's fandom. Even if they don't ship him with Sirius. Like, he just is queer. It's fine. Um, and, like, I love... There's so many headcanons you can find of, like, someone making fun of Remus. And James just being like, oh, yeah? You you want to say that again? How about to me, Mr. Popularity? Quidditch captain. Like, the most popular and smartest boy in this school. Like, and also... Like... They had to be so smart. They literally became Animagus's yes. when they were 13. 13. And that's canon. Like, a lot of adults can't even do that. And my favorite, like, thing that people have just accepted across fanon is that Sirius and James just, like, fight for the for the top spot in, in, their, in their class. Because, like, you would not think Sirius Black is smart. But he's just so smart. He just, he's There's- a little messed up. Yeah, there's a fan fiction that I read that where it's complicated it's time travel, whatever. Time travel is my favorite trope. That's so, so funny. I hate it. Has it. Time, travel, <laughs> time, time travel. My dad loves time travel, okay. so it's just like genetic or something. Yeah, maybe. But like, so it's like a time travel Hermione thing. But like Sirius is like talking to like a younger Hermione like in the future and is like, tell me, let me tell you the story about how I got nine owls. And then Hermione's like, you did what? <laughs> and then she's like... There's, like, story of, like, Sirius is really smart. And, like, later, like, they go back in time and you can, like, see, like, when Sirius, yeah. like, did that. And you're, like, these people are just so intelligent. And, like, don't try. Like, so, the, like, I like, I like that because they are shown in, like, canon as being these bad boys that, like, are goofy. And, like, like, like the Weasley twins are very smart, but they're not very academically smart. Because um, I think it's, I think it's canon where they said they got, like, four OWLs between the two of them or something something yeah. really low which is fine something like that. which is fine they're very smart entrepreneurs uh they don't need hogwarts um but like the, to me i love seeing like these very hot because they're all hot these very hot like <laughs> mischievous boys being like so smart and like not only that but like lily is the hermione character and she well she's like hermione and Ginny put together um but she like she wouldn't settle for anything less than James Potter. Come on. Come on. And even then she wasn't really willing to settle. Literally changed. Literally. (laughs) And like my, when people like hate on James Potter, I'm like, I get it, buddy. I get it. You know what? I get it. It's fine. I get it. Uh, I would have 
hated him if I was at Hogwarts. He would have been the bane of my existence. Like, I I hated class clowns when I was younger because I was the Hermione. Um, but, like, as a book boyfriend, he's perfect. He, he, mm, not me about to cry. Um, <laughs> like, like, I don't even know what happens in the books anymore in relation to them. I only know Fanon. So. Oh, yeah. I tweeted about it on the Curly Critics. Yeah. Uh, Twitter about how, like, shout out to the Marauders fan for taking the only canon Marauders scenes and rejecting all of Literally. them. Like, I love, uh, my favorite is um, when people, like, blame Snape for the time that he gets put, like, upside down and his underwear gets shown. And they're like, obviously it was yeah. Snape's fault. And I'm like, guys, it wasn't. But I love that we've all decided it was. <laughs> right. <laughs> Like, there's, like, four Marauder scenes or whatever in the whole entire series. And yeah. the fan, the fandom's just like, no. Nope. Like, no. I, I reject that. Like, you know, there's, like, that TikTok song that's like, I don't even know if it's a lie or it's a fact. Like, that's me. <laughs> like, Sirius' middle name being Orion? No clue if that's real. I, like, found somebody on TikTok who had done, like, a bunch of those for, like, all kinds of things. There was, like, 15 of Amazing. them. Amazing. I, like, liked all of them because <laughs> I was like, yes, yes, yes. I don't, no idea. His middle name should be Orion if it's not. Um, yeah. It should be. I, or also, like, um, James being, no, it's John. I was going to say James being Remus's middle name, but it is John in the books. Um, yeah. Or, like, I my favorite, because I, I hate remus's like storyline of his parents i think i just hate you know child abuse as a storyline um even though i love harry potter whatever um so i love the storyline that's in all the young dudes because it's him growing up in like a group home and like he's so cool (laughs) with his doc martens he's so cool um i don't know man i don't even carrie how did we end up here this happened when you were on Sincerely you, Us too. <laughs> I know. I just, I'm not like Eni. I can't redirect you away from this. I'm just like, yeah. Yeah. No, see, and that's, you know, me, <laughs> you and I are always like, we should do a podcast about this. And I was like, maybe we shouldn't, Carrie, because we would never talk about anything <laughs> that's not the Marauders or Percy Jackson. You actually are kind Unless of we talk about cosplaying as uh, the musical Annabeth right now. Oh, I love that. She has red stripes. You have yellow stripes, but it still counts. I love it. I also, uh, it, the more I read Percy Jackson, like as an adult, the more I'm like, how did I not know I had a crush on Annabeth and, and Talia Grace? Like they are perfect. <laughs> like I knew I had a crush on Percy. I still have a crush on Percy. Everybody has a crush on Percy. He's, he's that guy. He just is. And like my favorite, this is not a new thought. We're back to Percy Jackson. This is not a new thought, but my favorite thing in the, after like reading Heroes of Olympus is that we all thought that he was just like this goofy, this goofy dude who just like is just in love with Annabeth without knowing it and just is flying by the seat of his pants. And then you read from anyone else's point of view and they're like the scariest demigod that ever existed. His eyes glowed with like green stars. It's, and it's the opposite of the Casbrecker effect. Yes. Because, like, everybody's point, like, everybody else's point of view is, like, Kaz is insane. Yeah. And Kaz is just, like, Inej. That's his only thought. Inej, that's it. Uh, Inej, maybe, like, someone hurting Inej. Or a little bit about, uh, oh, my God, what's his brother's name? Jordy. Jordy. That just made me sad. But, like, 
I it, it's funny because Kaz he also like takes himself so seriously where Percy doesn't. Yeah. Kaz is like, I have to be brooding now. See, but Kaz thinks that he's like what everyone else sees him as. Whereas Percy doesn't think he's like what everyone sees him as. Like, Kaz thinks he's like this brooding boy who like, I mean, obviously he like kills people or whatever. But like, he just thinks he's like this brooding boy who like walks and is so mysterious. But really, his brain is just like, I am in love with this girl and I can't touch her. Like, like, that's his whole point of view. Yes. Um, Do you... We're going to bring it back to this. Oh, no. (laughs) Do you have any other thoughts about a Harry Potter musical? Um, Dumbledore is my favorite character in... Besides Harry. Harry's always my favorite character. So if I ever say someone else is my favorite character, just know the caveat is besides Harry. Um, I really enjoy, like, the way that they talk about Dumbledore because they even, like, make fun of the fact that J.K. Rowling was like, actually, Dumbledore is gay. Uh without it being in in canon uh, where the, the, he's like gay as the fourth of july and like even the next one is even better because he like has a romance plot which is a little problematic so people have seen it i get it it is problematic 100 percent uh but it was also 2010 um <laughs> we've come a long way since 2010 um but like i just love the way that dylan saunders plays uh, Dumbledore. He's one of my favorite Star Kid actors in general. Like, if you ever do the rest of the Star Kid shows, um, all of his characters are always my favorite. I don't, do you know the rapper Watsky um, on YouTube? No. So he's like this white guy that raps really fast, and I'm obsessed with him and in love with him. And he was, he's just fantastic. Uh, but he's friends with Dylan Saunders, and he did a song with him where Dylan sang on it. And Dylan has the best voice in Star Kid. Um, it is not shown in this. Uh, but he he has the best one but yeah i just really love um i really love the first one because it like introduces everyone to like the idea and the fact that they're just taking all of the the books and just like being like squish we're taking all the plot lines um but you can definitely tell that they weren't expecting there to be a sequel (laughs) um but yeah i don't know what else to say i really love star kid uh, I love the Voldemort character. Yeah, Joe Walker. He's so cool. It's, he's so funny. Yeah. And just like very like tired evil guy. Mm-hmm. It's like so funny to me. Like anytime somebody does like a guy that's like supposed to be evil, but like it's just like tired of being evil. Yeah. It's like like Doofenshmirtz from Phineas and Ferb. Yes. Love him. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I also really like his like his whole shtick right because Voldemort is a villain and like he technically is in this too but not really he's just a funny guy that's just living with uh, Quirrell um (laughs) like they're just roommates it's fine I also I really love to dance again that's one of my favorite Starkid songs of all time um I I love I I mean I teach tap so like I just love that whole scene and he's just so silly like the show is just so silly um, so the song, I have another fact for you. The song Voldemort is going down. Uh, Darren Chris wrote that two days before they opened. <laughs> and then was like, here, here go. <laughs> so there's like videos of Love them that. at tech, like learning it off to the side with him playing the piano. Um, but yeah, I, I just love it. I don't know what else to say, Carrie. I have a, so I have a question for you about. Yes. Today. All the questions. So like. Darren Chris had, like, graduated when, like, he made Starkid. So it was, like, all of the 
Starcade like kids mm-hmm. were they college students or are they like they're all college students like friends? they're all from university okay. of michigan so he went to university of michigan yeah which is a famous theater program that i almost went to because like him pasik and paul uh andrew keenan bulger from newsies i feel like there's another one i'm missing but like tons of people have graduated from there um it's so cool i wish i'd gone there <laughs> um but <laughs> yeah so it he so when they did a very potter musical that was his senior year i believe and so all the shows okay. after are him out of school. Um, but all uh, this. So there's a show between this and the sequel um, that I believe was also his senior year, uh, which is really inappropriate. Don't watch it. Um, <laughs> um, but the thing, the cool thing, though, is that the guy that plays Ron, which I will tell you, remind me to tell you about his wig. The guy that plays Ron is the youngest out of all of them. So when they got to their show Starship, which is my favorite of all the Starkid musicals, he was still in school and they were doing it in Chicago. And so he had to like fly back and forth between Michigan and Chicago uh, just to perform because he was like the main character. But his wig. So the reason he has that headband on um, is because the wig wouldn't stay on. And because they are college kids and obviously like couldn't afford to get another wig. They just found that in like the costume department and just stuck it on his head as a joke during like rehearsals. And then it just stuck. And so not only that, but then it became like the thing star kid did to the point where, uh, my senior prom, no, my junior prom, which was, uh, May of 2012, no, May of 2011, uh, me and my date went to, to the prom and had our pictures taken and he had a star kid thing on and i wore the pink sunglasses that darren chris always wore and like that was our picture with us like shooting like in starship um so that like became their symbol so i i don't think they did it after starship came out but it it shows up it was like official merch that they did which is that stupid little sweatband and it was only because his like his uh wig didn't fit I love that. I love, like, I know it's college students, but the, like, low budget, yeah. like, aspect of it is, like, what, like, sells it for me. So, was it, as, like, I, I don't remember because I only watch, like, like snippets I need to remind myself because uh, I've seen this show so many times. But I get, <laughs> I get the one and two mixed up. Was this the one where, like, the permanent sticking charm kept the poster stuck or is that two? Was there, like, the Master Zephron, there was a permanent sticking charm on it? Well, the... Zephron was the horror Yes. And was there a permanent sticking charm in it? I don't remember. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell the story anyway. <laughs> I'm going to tell the story anyway. Okay. So there, there, there's a joke. I, I don't know if it's this one. I hope it's this one. I think it's this one. Because I think the next one is Taylor Lautner that they do the joke about, uh, which is so 2010. Um, <laughs> and it's like Twilight Taylor Lautner. Um, but they there was a part where they needed the poster to be in one scene and the next scene. And so they wrote a fake goof in it like a fake mistake into the show where it seemed like the character was supposed to take it off and like there was a quote-unquote mishap uh oh yeah that's not this one but still dang i'm still gonna tell it anyway so you'll have to just play this again when you guys cover the sequel um but there's like a there's like a mishap where they get it stuck on the wall and like they joke about it be like oh it must have a permanent sticking charm on it like as like they're ad-libbing it but it was actually written into the show because they couldn't figure out how to get it into the next scene. So a work around it is they made this meta joke that made it seem like it was all on accident when really they like needed it in the next scene 
and just like made a mistake. And so they were like, we're going to fix this and make it seem like we're making a real life mistake. But it's actually written in the show. It reminds me of like the Bo Burnham thing where he's like, I meant to mark the water down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you've seen Bo Burnham. Uh, <laughs> but there's a joke where he like, he's like, nothing is real. I did that on purpose. You thought it was an accident. Um, but yeah, that's my favorite Star Kid quote. Yeah. I mean, tidbit. I feel like this show like wouldn't have worked if it was they had more money no. or like they because like the fact that everything is just like all of the dragons are cardboard yeah. and like the, all of the stuff and like the fact that the set is like two pieces is like what like sells it because it's not taking itself too seriously yeah and so everybody can go on there and be like yeah we're just here to have a good time and like make you laugh. our set shows it yeah like like we're not trying to be professional in any way we just want to make fun of harry potter and it works because that's what they're going for. Right. And one of my favorite things that they did was taking the two columns. And when they're walking down the hallway, they just moved the columns back. So it looked like they were walking away from the columns. Um, it's it's um, during I think it's during Got to Get Back to Hogwarts where they're like they're like dancing and they're doing the dancing like they're walking. And so the stagehands just moved the columns back. So it looked like they were walking away from the columns. And I was like, that's so smart. Like, that is movie magic right there. Because that's how people do things in movies. But, like, you know, it's... I And I also love, like, how the robes are, like... They're, like, graduation robes. <laughs> and, like... It's just so funny. I love all the Yeah, snacks. I just had a really great time watching this. I was just sitting in my room, like, laughing every, like, two minutes. And I was like, this is great. Like... yeah. Just so lighthearted and fun. The thing I will say, it's sometimes hard to watch because of how bad, like, the quality is. But then I have to remind myself that I am very spoiled now. Yeah. Like, my iPhone can make a better video than that, guys. <laughs> and at this point, like, I think, I think, like, the, the iPhone came out in 2006. So, like, these are, this was a long time ago. Um, one of my favorite lines that they actually had to cut uh, I will. This is my last tidbit. One of my favorite lines that they actually had to cut was when they're underneath the invisibility cloak. Um, they make like a very inappropriate joke about a wand. And then another one that's like, uh, what would you what would you get if you. Uh, uh, what's the line? Uh, basically, where, where Harry says I would kick wiener dogs. There's like a line where he says, what would you do if you had this? I would kick wiener dogs. That is an ad lib from Harry from Darren Chris, he was supposed to say something that was like very similar, like made sense in the Harry Potter vernacular. And he just forgot his line because he's the worst actor ever. <laughs> and like all the star kids will tell you that he like never knew his lines and like never uh, had the music ready. He just was a last minute kind of guy. And so he just didn't know his line. So he just made it up. It was like, I would kick wiener dogs. And it's like, <laughs> cool, buddy. <laughs> what were you going to say? Oh, I love it. Yeah. I feel bad for uh, listeners who have never listened to me before um, because I did not stay on topic at one one iota in this show. I do much That's better right. on my show. I need everyone to know that. <laughs> the times that I've been on there, I cannot say that that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Called out. I mean, fair, fair. No, it's just you get me and But I've listened to your show lots. Of, like, I regularly listen to your show and you usually stay on topic. And that's, uh, you're so kind. Um. It's just me. No, literally, like, <laughs> Carrie and I get together. Like, we've only known each other for, like, a couple months. Like, just basically yeah. this year. Because I remember, like, Tyler and Ethan being like, hey, we're, we've been talking to these girls about joining the network and, like, sending me a link to you guys. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, 
yeah like you should um and then carrie and i i don't even remember i was like carrie here's my number let's talk uh and then we just like we're just so chaotic when we are together <laughs> even if it's through like text or like me sending you tiktoks we're just so chaotic that y'all just had to sit and listen to it for an hour <laughs> this is just our friendship yep. This is just what happens when Jade starts a new job and starts school in the same week. You get chaos. Sorry, Jade. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, though, I do have curly hair, so I am allowed to be on this show. Am I very critical yes. of things? No. <laughs> I have no critique. Everything's perfect. Well, this was perfect, so. That was a good segue. I'm so proud of you. You're such a good podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning. Um. Do you have anything else to say? It's time to wrap. No, everyone should watch a Harry Potter musical. If you love Harry Potter and you haven't watched it, True. after you listen to this episode, uh, I have two on my show. I have four Star Kids shows, but two of them are a Harry Potter musical and a Harry Potter sequel. So I'm going to plug that right here um, with our friend Mary Clay, who is also on the network, and our friend Beth Rickles, who is the author of The Kissing Booth. Um, love Beth Rickles. I am just – I. I'm going to send this to her to make sure she listens to this episode and just be like, Beth, you should listen to this because she loves whenever uh, Edie and I are like, we just love Beth so much. And she always messages us. We should get Beth on the show. You should. She would love it. I'm not even joking. She is. No. Yeah. Literally like like y'all y'all listen to right now. Beth Rickles is the light of my life. I love her so much that she's just like you. She calls me mate. I'm like, am I British now? <laughs> But I just love her. So y'all should, you know, go support the kissing booth too. Whenever we finally finish Harry Potter in the next like six years, yeah. we'll hit her up. You should. <laughs> you should. I'm just glad that you were like, you should come on for a Harry Potter musical. And I was like, thank you for not making me read a, five, a th- 800 page book, Carrie. <laughs> in two days. Yeah, literally. <laughs> you would have been like, hey, you want to you wanna, uh, come on? Let's just say for Deathly Hallows. And I'd be like, excuse me. <laughs> Let me just put Jim Dale on two times speed. <laughs> Be like, I don't know what happens in that book. They go camping, I guess. Oh, literally. Jade is always like, it took them this many chapters to get to Hogwarts. And I don't know how I'm going to like, <laughs> Jade is going to take them like 45 chapters before they get to Hogwarts and Deathly Hogwarts. And then literally just people die. That's, and that's what happens. No spoilers, Jade. That- Sorry. She might not listen to it. She's busy right now. <laughs> Good. With her new job. Don't listen to this, Jade. If you've made it this far, I'm sorry. I feel like I spoiled so many things. <laughs> How has she not been spoiled? Does she, like, know the twist at the end of Half-Blood Prince? She, Jade is so good at avoiding spoilers. Wow. She, like, she won't tell me what she knows because she's like, I don't know for sure and I don't want you to confirm it. Mm. But she, like, just, like, avoids the internet at all times and... I'm so bad at spoilers. Like, I'll look one thing up and then suddenly it's like two hours Oh, I know. We had the same spoiler for Crooked Kingdom. Literally the worst spoiler we could have ever gotten and we both were spoiled for it. But she, like, didn't know that Sirius died at the end of (gasps) Order of the Phoenix. And so we, like, I had to be like, we, like, she, like, finished that book and then, like, 30 minutes later we recorded that episode. So she was like, I haven't even processed this yet. So I don't know if she knows about the end of Half-Blood Prince because she won't, like, tell me, which is fine. That's good. I will say one time, so my mother read them um, because I was a child that didn't have a lot of friends. And so my mom read the Harry Potter books because I was sad, which is like a sad start to the story. Um, but when when 
Half Blood Prince came out. I obviously read it before her because I read like a maniac. Um, and and don't stop. I'm obs- I'm obsessive. And her and I were in an argument, and she had not reached the end of Half Blood Prince yet, and like screaming at each other, like only mothers and daughters can do. Um, and we're like screaming at each other, and I spoiled the big spoiler. I won't say in case she, Jade listens. The big spoiler. I screamed at her and shut the door. Oh my gosh! And she was like, "What?" <laughs> Like when I used to be mad at her, I used to call her Mrs. Black. Uh, I'd be like, you're acting like Mrs. Black right now. And she'd be like, that is the worst thing you could ever say to me. How dare you? I am not abusive. I had basically all of the deaths spoiled for me. Oh, no. Because like all of my my friends were like obsessed with it before I read them. And so like they just talked about it a lot. And like they would like pin stuff on Pinterest. Yeah. Just like look at it. And like I'd be like, whoa, wait. So when I read it, like Deathly Hallows especially, I was like, oh, like. That's sad, I guess. So, but so like I have to when I talk to things with Jade, I have to be very careful to be like I can't say that because that might lead to this thing that might lead her to think that this person died, and I can't. Ah. Oh, I'm bad at spoilers. Like I will just like not talk. Someone will ask me like, okay, so I I have recently watched this like firefighter show that is a Grey's Anatomy spinoff. So obviously people die constantly. Why did I start watching this? Anyway, I won't go into that. But I was telling Eni how much I loved a character. And her face, Eni is my co-host, for those who don't know, of our show. Her face just, like, all of a sudden got, like, too straight. Oh, no. And I was like, why does your face look like that? And she's like, no reason. Um, so with, with Order of the Phoenix, it came out when I was in third grade. Uh, and that was, like, the first, um, like, midnight premiere I went to. And I, I was so obsessed with it that my mom would, like, record whenever J.K. Rowling would be on, like, Good Morning America when I was at school uh, on VHS because I'm old um, and would, like, record right. it <laughs> <laughs> and would record it. And so I remember specifically an interview, her talking about how there was going to be a major character death in uh, Order of the Phoenix, obviously talking about Sirius. And I got to the part in Order of the Phoenix where Arthur Weasley gets bit by a snake. And I as a third grader was not supposed to be reading in my room with a flashlight under the covers at like 11 PM. (laughs) And so I, he got bit and is being rushed to the hospital, like that whole situation. And I was sobbing, Carrie, like sobbing, thinking it was going to be Arthur Weasley, who I adore, like sobbing to the point where my mother woke up, heard me crying and came into my room thinking I was like hurt. And I was sobbing so bad that she had to like comfort me and take my book away because I thought Arthur Weasley died. Um, And so since then, like I hate spoilers. I don't watch trailers. I don't watch people's reactions to trailers um, because like I was done dirty. I thought Arthur Weasley was going to die. To be fair, Sirius Black dying, not as bad as Arthur Weasley dying. But I mean, I I thought that then. I don't think that now. I love Sirius Black. But yeah, like. Uh, I can't even imagine like knowing all of the deaths. Like one of my, have, did you read the Divergent series? The first one. Okay. So I won't talk about I it. I know what happens though. Yes. I won't read them. So that the <laughs> end of that book, one of my friends was spoiled about it, which honestly, one of the best endings of a book series I've ever read. I highly recommend them. Um, but my friend was spoiled for the ending and she like came to me like so sad because she accidentally saw it on Pinterest because Pinterest ruins lives, guys. I honestly I've seen so many Jade spoilers like, on like, Pinterest. She was like Jade was looking up like Narnia stuff and then like Harry Potter spoilers started to come up. So she had to stop. And, yeah. Like, change things. And I was like, how did that even happen? Yeah. Um, and she like she came to me so sad. 
because she had, she was reading them like when we were in college and I had read them as they came out. Um, and she came to me so sad and I like convinced her because I was very deep on like book Tumblr. I convinced her that the Divergent fandom uh, made up that ending so that people wouldn't, so that we could gatekeep the fandom so people wouldn't read it. So we like released that spoiler. Oh my gosh. Which like, it worked. It worked. <laughs> Um, so she, she just thought that it was like made up until she got to the end of Allegiant and just like stormed into my room and was like, how dare you? And I was like, I wanted you to have the same reaction I did. But yeah, I'm sorry. (laughs) Becca, do you want to tell people where they can find you? Yes. Now that I've blabbed on forever. Um, (laughs) I have a musical theater podcast called Sincerely Us. You, uh, can find on the same network that Carrie and Jade are a part of. Uh, the WBNU Network. You can follow that on Twitter and Instagram at Sincerely Us Pod. Uh, and then I, across all platforms, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, are at Becca Eddowes, B-E-C-C-A-E-D-D-O-W-S. I talk a lot about books and musical theater. So, Dear listener, today's going to be a good day, and here's why. Because today we have found your new favorite podcast. Do you like all things musical theater? Or do you just like Hamilton? Then Sincerely Us is perfect for you. We take deep dives into modern musicals and teach you all that you need to know. From props and sets. To playwrights and composers. We will get you caught up on all things Broadway. We are Becca and Eenie, two best friends. Here to teach you all about the shows that we love. Sincerely Us, a podcast for the casual musical theater fan. Join us every Wednesday wherever you get your podcasts and on wbne.org yeah you can find us at curly critics pod on instagram and twitter and you can email us curly critics pod at gmail.com and thanks for listening where can they find show. you carrie do you not say that oh no i don't usually but you can find me <laughs> at carissa's word c-a-r-i-s-s-a-z-w-e-r-g everywhere yeah and i follow her so she has at least one follower yeah Beth Regals follows me. <gasps> you have made it. The love of my life. <laughs> so, like, I'm a big deal. Obviously. <laughs> we literally don't know how to end. Or how to do I, just, I almost just said sincerely us, and I don't even say that in our show, so. <laughs> like, we don't have an ending. We're just, like, babble for a little bit before we're like, okay, I guess we should end now. Bye. Okay, <laughs> bye. And that has been the Curly's Critique. I don't know. <laughs>